0: Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Oh, I've got a wonderful show in store for you when my guest calls in. Um kind of how to rearrange things, not who I originally thought would be on the show today, but you know, uh, everything is in divine timing and works out perfectly. Um, so, of course, let's get started. Well, wait, before I start off, I have a little bit of an announcement to make. First, I have to really thank my dear friend, Jan Goldstoff, who's uh, been very supportive of uh, my show, my blog posts, and everything I do. And she she has a tendency to forward on my blog posts to her mailing list. And apparently there's somebody on her mailing list from Natural Awakenings, the magazine. And my most recent blog post, which talked about death, um, she shared it with them and uh, they liked it so much they're going to put me up on the Natural Awakenings website as a guest blogger for that particular post. So please check out Natural Awakenings I think it's naturalawakenings.com. I'll, I'll make sure to find it and post it later um, and and check out my, my guest blog there about death. And it's the same one that was in the, the talkradio.nyc newsletter this week. So if you have not yet signed up for the talkradio.nyc newsletter, it's time for you to do it. Just go to talkradio.nyc, put your name and your email address right there at the little boxes at the top and uh, this way you'll get my blog post each and every week. All right, wonderful. And uh, we do, I do repurpose the blogs a little bit, so if you go to theconsciousconsultant.com, um, you'll see blog posts posted there as well that are probably a bit older, so if you miss them from like a year ago or something, you can always find them on uh, theconsciousconsultant.com. All right, let's get going with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. Not the pain or the relief. Not the answer or the question. Not the challenge or the victory. The song or the sparrow. Nothing is random. I like that. The universe. Hmm, this is... Kind of a confusing quote for me from the universe. I don't think I've seen one quite like this before. Um, uh, Nothing is random. I think uh, what the universe is trying to tell us today is that regardless of whether we're going through a wonderful time or a difficult time, whether uh, things are flowing smoothly or it feels like nothing but friction, Uh, whether amazing people are showing up in our lives or people are showing up in our lives who are giving us a tremendous challenge, that none of it is random, meaning that it has all been necessarily planned out, but it's all designed for our growth. It's all designed for our highest good. It's all designed for us to uh, really evolve and bring forth more and more aspects of ourselves, that it's all not so random or so chaotic that it it, it has no meaning or no purpose in our lives, but that its purpose is that there is a purpose there, even if we don't see it, even if we don't like it, even if it annoys the bejesus out of us, that there's still uh, a design, a plan. There is still an agreement, I'll say, between souls, for all of this unfoldment so it's something to keep in mind so that we can judge things a little bit less that we can you know kind of try to not uh, you know make the things that we want and they show up and that's always so great and wonderful and the things that we don't want and they don't show up that they do show up even though we don't want them that that's awful you know, maybe we can just take a step back and say, okay, this is what I'm experiencing right now. It's either pleasant, unpleasant, difficult, easy, joyful, challenging, and it makes me enthusiastic or not. Whatever it is, it's part of our whole experience of our life, of what we came here to experience. We did not come here to just experience all the wonderful, blissful, joyful things in life. We came here to experience it all. And indeed, sometimes those things that are most challenging or most difficult or most uh, uh, trying on us are the things that cause us to grow the most, to change the most, to evolve the most. And that's something uh, to keep in mind, that uh, is something we, we really want, I mean, again, nobody really wants to go through difficult times, but if we can just accept them as they come our way, then we can start to move through those challenges and those difficult times uh, in with less judgment, with less friction. With less uh, challenging energy around it. So, an interesting quote from the universe. Um, we'll see uh, how this quote shows up throughout the show today. All right, let's go on to our quote from Abraham <coughs> Many think success means getting everything I want. And we say that's what dead is. And there is no such thing as that kind of dead. Success is not being done, not being complete. Success is still dreaming and feeling positive in the unfolding. Abraham. Very interesting. I mean, two quotes very much in alignment, again, from very different sources. Uh, Again, the the same thing that uh, Abraham is basically saying the same thing, but saying it in terms of the word success. Success is not getting everything we want. Success is not getting everything done. Because what Abraham is saying is like once we 've achieved everything we want to achieve, and once we 've gotten everything we've wanted to get and and once we all this has happened uh, then we're basically complete in our life, and then we we pass on we transition um, and and what Abraham is defining success as is still being able to dream and feel positive while we 're experiencing the contrast, while everything is unfolding before us, while we're living life in in all of its magnificent glory, uh, which means uh, living life uh, happily, sadly, joyfully, you know, with challenges that that when we can still dream, when we can still live and feel optimistic, feel. Like things will work out, even when they're where they're in the process of not apparently working out. You know that's what success is. It's about the journey. It's not about the destination. And this is something that we here in the West, in the United States in particular, we're all about the destination. We're all about the achievement. We're all about the award. We're all about you know getting to where uh, we need to be. And. And it's not that. That's not success. Success is all those little steps along the way, and living them joyfully, and and happily, and energetically, and enthusiastically. That you know everything is 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 working out, even when it doesn't seem like it. And that everything is perfect in some divine. Uh, 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 absolute way that that we do not nearly have the perspective for. So we do not necessarily see it, uh, but it's there. And sometimes just asking the question and just knowing, okay, there is some perfection here in this moment. I can't see it right now because it's just too painful, but I know there is some uh, 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 per- perfection here. And I, but I'm just not sure how I see it. And uh, I hope I'm announcing your name right, uh, Musumi uh, from India uh, on on the Facebook Live comments. Please tell me how control inner storms. I so how to control inner storms. So, um, I when I'm I'm reading this quote and I'm thinking about things. I'm thinking about like stuff that's happened with me recently, uh, such as I I had a very difficult conversation with my mentor the other week that really triggered me and I really didn't feel good after the 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 phone call but you know he said to me many times in the past not many times a couple of times he said to me don't listen to my frustration you know listen to the message that there's something there for you so even though the, the his tone or the way he spoke to me or the way I took it in maybe it's more about the way I took it in what was not that easy for me. I was like, there's something here. And and there was this pain and I could, and it wasn't a physical pain. It was kind of a um, energetic pain in my solar plexus. And I know that there is, that, that there's some core wounding. There was some core issue in that pain that when I deal with it, that when I've accepted it, I don't want to say, say released it, but released it, accepted it, worked through it, uh, give it room, uh, expanded it, you know, stayed present to it, that when I've really learned my lesson from it and it dissipates and it no longer controls me, then all kinds of things are going to shift in my life. So, yes, when we have these inner storms, when we have these... Uh, thoughts that are running around in, inside our heads, it, it it's not always easy to calm them down. And that's why meditation is so important. When I say meditation, I do not mean sitting still mindless without a single thought in your head. That's meditation after you've been meditating for a real long period of time and you've really master- mastered it. For the vast majority of people, when we meditate, we get all kinds. Last night I was meditating. I had all kinds of thoughts going through my head. It's not about stopping the thoughts initially. It's about giving them room, giving them space, and just being present to them. So if we want to control our inner storms, it's not even really so much about control. It's about being present to them and giving them space, giving them lots of room, giving them a, a, a place to express themselves because if there are these thoughts and all this stuff is running around in their head, there's a reason why. And so the more we give them room, the, more, the less they control us and, and the more at peace we can be so that after we've meditated, as we're going through our regular day, then suddenly uh, those thoughts are not so chaotic all over the place and controlling us this practice of just sitting with ourselves and being with ourselves is one that even if in the moment we're doing it, it, it's not that comfortable and we don't seem to really be getting the results that we want. It's the result that happens afterwards when we're just sitting that, that going through our regular life. Like that's when, we really see the benefit of it. And if we just do it once or twice, maybe we don't see the benefit of it that much. But the more we do it on a regular basis, just sitting, being with ourselves, giving room for our thoughts, our feelings, tuning in to what is going on on the inside, that as we do that as a daily practice and we allow it, that then things start to flow more smoothly. Uh, in, in just our regular day-to-day life. So Masumi, I, I, I hope uh, that helps. I hope that gives you some kind of a, uh, indication of, of where to go. And in addition to Masumi, we do have some other folks on the Facebook Live. Thank you, uh, Corto, Jennifer, Lee. I uh, appreciate all of you tuning in and listening to uh, today's show. All right, it's time for us to take a break. Uh, we're going to go try and get our guest on the line today, who hasn't called in yet. Um, and so when we come back, either she'll be with us or she won't, and we'll continue talking about something. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
0: You're listening to the talking alternative network are you stuck in a rut negative thoughts feelings and conversations got you down hi i'm noreen sumter the potentiator tune in every tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m eastern time and listen for new ideas on my show beyond potential live life your way on talkradio.nyc. dot nyc are you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this live every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. time. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show Julie Ryan. Julie is an inventor, entrepreneur, and author who had learned to be psychic and a medical intuitive more than 25 years ago. After inventing a number of globally, globally used surgical devices and founding nine companies, All right. This woman's no slouch. Uh, A a number of uh, um, across the medical, long term care, natural gas, advertising and data privacy industry. She's like me. She's like, you know, all over this place, all these different industries. She settled into her talents as a psychic and medical intuitive going on to write her book angelic attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next, which describes a series of events that involve angels, multitudes of deceased family and friends, the spirits of deceased pets, and countless serendipitous and miraculous moments. And it is my pleasure to welcome her to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Welcome to the show, Julie.
2: Hi, Sam. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, You know, especially because... Uh, you know you you're, you're kind of my type of people because y- you you're on your spiritual path you you've developed your skills and your talents but you also come from a very practical Successful uh, uh, type of life where you've you've been successful in the medical industry, natural gas, advertising, data privacy. I mean, you, you've done many different things. You, you, you're you're obviously a, a bright, intelligent woman, very capable. Yet you've really found your home as a, an, in, as a psychic and medical intuitive, which most people would consider. Oh my God, that's like so crazy. So uh, I, I really uh, I I. I really love that your, your background is sort of where you've come from.
2: Thanks. It took some serious golden ovary courage you know, <laughs> myself out there. I thought, yes. Oh my God. People are going to think that I am just absolutely nuts. And, mm. uh, And I and it really it did. It took a lot of courage. Now I'm used to it. Um,
0: I'm sure it did.
2: You know, it's never as bad as we think it's going to be. Right.
0: Right. 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 So I do want to talk uh, before we get get into the book and get into really the meat of it, because, you know, I just did a blog post this week about death and it got so much amazing response. Um, so, I really want to get to the topic, but I do want to talk about your journey a little bit, just to give our audience a little bit of context of like how does someone go from being an inventor and and founding nine companies to being a psychic and a medical intuitive was there uh, it, was it just like a, a slow process that you worked at day to day? Was there some big incident or something that happened in your life that that thrust you onto this path?
2: Yeah, there was actually I uh as an inventor of surgical devices and I've been in the medical provider industry for a long time, Sam, at that point right. from the supply side. You know, I mean I uh, wasn't I wouldn't, wouldn't cut on anybody or fifty right. anybody up pretty bad. But I was working with those doctors and surgeons to come up with devices that would help facilitate them doing what they needed to do to help people heal. So I feel like I was part of the equation, even though I, wouldn't, I wasn't doing the medical provider side. And so a friend of mine gave me a book called Hands of Light by uh, Caroline Mace, uh, and yeah. she called herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? I had never <laughs> heard that before. And I read her book, and I wanted to know more, and this was 26, 27 years ago,
3: Sam. Ah, <laughs> so back then, the early days. We didn't have so.
2: Amazon yet. No. And the internet wasn't what it is today.
3: Yes.
2: So I did the old-fashioned thing and I went to a bookstore to see what else I could find on the topic. Uh, and I found a book called Hands of Light by Barbara Brennan. Mm. And Barbara Brennan is a, a former NASA physicist, PhD, yes. who yes. took very complex, quantum physics principles and parlayed them into understandable language for the non-scientific mind. That would mm. be me. <laughs> and I read that, and she talked about how to use energy fields to help facilitate healing. And I enjoyed that, and so I called her school and I said, do you guys have anybody perhaps who's a graduate teaching in my area? And I said, yeah, we do. And oh. as luck would have it, I studied with this woman, her name's Susan Austin Crumpton, for six years, mm-hmm. and um, got the got paid the equivalent of a Ph.D. or an mm-hmm. M.D. You know, yeah. tuition and <laughs> uh, and learned not only energy healing but also studied kabbalistic healing techniques oh, as well.
0: Okay, very cool, very cool. Uh, I I don't know if it happened with you, but I know that for me, uh, I had taken a lot of healing. Uh, seminars and workshops and learned a lot of different modalities and I had a certain sort of talent for it but it wasn't until I remember there's this one workshop where I I helped this one woman release a condition that she had had for most of her life when the light bulb went off and it was like oh because you know I'd been taking all this stuff for my own healing not really to become a healer and and But it was at this one moment when I helped you to release. I was like, oh, this isn't just for me. Like, I can use this to help other people. And the light bulb went off. And that's the, kind of what started me on my most recent path, uh, on, on my most recent spiritual path to become the conscious consultant. So I'm just wondering, was there a moment in the middle of all this studying and training and all the things you were doing when all of a sudden that light bulb pops up and you say, like, oh, gee, like, I can really do something with this?
2: Particularly, because I hadn't taken any healing classes or energy classes or I have I tell people I'm a businesswoman that learned how to do woo woo <laughs> and I 'm a buffet of psychicness ah. so, so i I didn't know where it was going. I was just curious, and certainly I was running my companies right. at the same time and doing this on the side. I wasn't doing this full time by any means, actually running several companies at the same time, and i Talk about my journey in the first chapter of my book, Sam, and it, and I talk about how the the ability started coming in over time, and so uh. I was able to to see different colors and things, <laughs> kind of like what they talk about if somebody's having an LSD trip.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I, laugh. I
2: laugh. I tell people, you don't need to do big drugs. You can just learn how to do woo woo, right. and then you'll be able to see all this wild stuff. So I did that. And then the more I got into it, the longer I got into it, I would uh, see different energies and things Mm. like that. And then eventually it went into seeing body parts. At first, it looked like a blueprint, like Uh a grid, a blueprint Uh of a house or a building or Uh whatever that an architect would draw. And then I started seeing actual organs and bones, and I can see Uh cancer, I can see broken bones, I can see torn ligaments, I can see diseased organs, I can see scar tissue in the brain, I mean, you know, all that stuff. And I think that uh, I was just led, frankly, Mm. to do this, to do all of these different modalities. Most of the work that I do is medical, Mm -hmm. because that's what people ask me to do when they call. But You know, I can scan you medically. We can talk to your dead grandma. I can scan your cat. We can talk to your dead dog. We can do past life stuff. Mm. We can can do spirit guide stuff, angel stuff. I mean, it's just all across the board. So I wasn't trained in a certain modality. I was trained in here's the quantum physics of it, here's the energy field. You can take that wherever you want to go with it.
0: Right, was it sort of surprising or shocking for you, like the first time, like you you started to see colors or you got some some psychic information and it turned out to be true? I thought it was cool. Oh, I thought, thought it was good. cool.
2: It, <laughs> at one point, though, in my class, because there were other people in my class, I it, it became very apparent that I was seeing things that other class members weren't, and it was making them uncomfortable. Ah. When I was talking about it, so as as my abilities continued to come in, and I think well, I'll come back to that, but as my abilities came in i I really stifled myself in a lot of what I shared in class because i didn't want i didn't want to make anybody oh, feel bad about it, and then I would discuss it one on one with my teacher, teacher. Oh, I but I believe that we're all we all have the ability, Sam it's just mm-hmm. a matter of developing it right.
3: we've
2: mm-hmm. all had situations where we think of somebody and then it seems in the next couple of days maybe either they call us or we run into them somewhere and we say oh my gosh I was just thinking of you yeah, what a coincidence yeah. well no coincidence there yeah. you know you were picking up on psychic or intuitive abilities and we all do it right. yeah, we've all experienced
0: things like that right 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 we we often you know have those little hits it's just we don't recognize it or we don't uh pay attention to it so they just kind of pass by us but if we actually pay attention a lot of things like that happen all the time like uh, I just had this uh, happened uh, yesterday where um, this woman who I've had on the show in the past Hope Fitzgerald um, I'm, on, I'm on her newsletter and I get her newsletter and I see it now and then and I was just thinking oh you know it's been a couple of years since I've had her on the show I should have her on my show And then she saw my blog where I talked about death, and she goes, oh, I don't know if you know, but I do death and transition and stuff like that if you'd like me to talk about it. And I was like, you know, Hope, I was just thinking about having you back on the show in my schedule, and I just scheduled her for next year. And so Mm -hmm. it was just kind of funny how she, like, I was thinking about her, and then she reached out to me.
2: Well, and I think serendipitous things, too, happen when we acknowledge those hits. I call them hits, too. Um, My son said to me last Thursday night, he lives in Los Angeles, he was flying to Minneapolis for business and he said, I I would like to explore maybe switching departments and working on something else. So the next morning and he usually flies American. He travels a wow. lot for his job salmon he was on Delta, and he usually flies first class because he can get upgraded, but he was in the exit oh, row on Delta. Well, this guy sits down next to him, who's a VP in the department of the company that he wants to hes thinking about working <laughs> in, less than 12 hours later. So, wow. So look at that, and you go, well, okay, is that a coincidence? There's no way, because yeah. there's, I don't even think there's an algorithm available that can, <laughs> that can calculate what the percentage chance of that happening is. Right
0: right yeah absolutely absolutely oh that's so cool that's so cool okay um on that note let's uh, take a quick break and uh when we come back let's let's talk about angelic attendance. let's talk about sort of this uh, work that this idea of these 12 transition steps that you've that you've identified that happen when we pass because of for me personally, I, I've, I've mentioned to people on the air, uh, a friend of mine who recently passed very, very suddenly. We, we found out the beginning of last week that mm. he had uh, liver cancer or pancreatic cancer and Saturday and, and they were he was in the hospital and they were going to transfer him to hospice and they said, oh, you know, he's got a couple of months to live. And then Saturday night, boom, he was gone. And it was very sudden and very quick So, uh, it's just been a topic on my mind, and it seems that as I express about it, a lot of people have been responding to it. So, I'd like to talk about that, okay? All right. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Julie Ryan, author of the book Angelic Attendance What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, and we will be right back after these messages.
1: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative.
0: Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on
1: talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
0: To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we're speaking with uh, psychic and medical intuitive Julie Ryan, an author of the book Angelic Attendance: What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next. So, Julie, you wrote this whole book about uh, kind of the, the the transitioning, the the way when we are passing from from this life and, and going on to another. What inspired you to write this book?
2: I witnessed what I call the twelve phases of transition, Sam, when my own mother was dying in two thousand and two uh, okay. and I and I had I had begun my studies to become a medical intuitive and psychic and I didn't even know that's what I was studying. I was just interested <laughs> in it. And and one day when I was with my mentor and teacher she was doing a healing on me and mm. and I was laying on a massage table. And when she does healings on me, my deceased loved ones are in the room and they participate. Uh. And so one day this dead Pope showed up, the spirit of this dead Pope. And I could oh, tell wow. he was Pope. He had his whole Pope outfit on, you know, the hat, <laughs> the whole nine yards yeah. and the shepherd's rod. And and I said, well, who are you? And, and Susan, my teacher could see him too. And he said, I'm Pope Clement. And I said, well, may I help you? Or No, no. I first said, well, I, there was a Pope Clement. I have never heard of a Pope Clement. And he laughed and he said, well, I was number six. I said, OK, <laughs> fine. Can I help you? Basically, why are you here? And he said, yeah, uh, you are supposed to teach the world about what happens when people are dying because everybody's so afraid. Yeah. You've been so inundated with cultures and religions and misinformation that everybody's afraid to die, especially in your culture. And and it, part of your, you know, part of your uh, what you're supposed to do in this lifetime, or what if you choose to do it, basically it's always a choice. Mm. He said is to educate the world about what happens. And I said to him, Sam, I said, no, I'm not doing that. You don't understand. I'm a businesswoman. I'm debating <laughs> with this dead pope. Okay, the spirit of a dead pope. And he and he laughed and he said, yeah, yeah, whatever. Everything that you've done in business is to prepare you for for all of this work. So, you know, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and do it. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And Susan could hear him, too. So I left, and I'm in the parking lot in my car, and I thought, just for kicks, I'm going to Google this guy. And I did. And Sam, he was in office during the bubonic plague when two-thirds of Europe Uh died, and he's best known for his prayers for the dying and his prayers for the dead. And oh, I thought, oh, my God, Ryan, you can't make this stuff off. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what led me to I, I, I have a little sub chapter in the book that's called prodding from a dead pope. <laughs> and it's true that <laughs> he still prods me uh, uh, right now. He's prodding me because I have a children's picture book called Angel Messages for kids coming out next week, oh, cool. and we're getting it out in about three and a half months because he wants it out before Christmas. Oh, he's like, just get wow. it done. When I tell him I can't do it, he's like, just get it done. Wow. So I do. And wow. the people I need to show up always show up, and it, it all works out fine. Wow. So back to your question, there's lots of information out there in with regards to near-death experiences and the afterlife, but I haven't found much if any at all, about what happens as we're actually dying, right. and I think people are so afraid because we like Clement says, we've been so inundated mm-hmm. with information that's false that we're all afraid are we gonna fly or are we gonna fry when we right. die right. and uh and so this helps allay those fears and presents the glorious side of the equation, right,
0: okay. So can you maybe give us a brief overview? I mean, we don't have a lot of time to go in depth about it, but I'd love for you to give like a brief overview of what are the 12 uh, steps.
2: Sure. Kind of yeah. I call them the 12 phases. They, what happens is like in the near-death experience uh, stories, people talk about going through a tunnel. Mm-hmm. And the spirit and the body are holographic. The body is inside the spirit. Not the other way around. Like a lot of us are taught, oh, and, and it, which makes sense if you think yeah. about. It, if you look at uh, look at a picture or a painting of a religious figure, regardless of what what religion, oftentimes they're depicted with a halo around their head or around their whole body.
3: Right.
2: Well, that's their energy field. It's their spirit. It's right. their aura. It's all the same thing, and that's the power source for the body. So when somebody's dying, the spirit and the body separate. And the spirit hangs on to the top of the head mm-hmm. where the okay. words or the character's thoughts would be located right and right. as the person goes through these 12 phases of transition deceased loved ones spirits appear they're surrounded by angels um, there are phases they go through and then the angels open up to into different configurations they go from a circle into a horseshoe into a, eventually a straight line and then mm-hmm. other deceased loved ones and acquaintances and even the spirits of deceased pets that the person has Uh, had in that lifetime. They're there, and I call them the Welcome to Heaven Committee. uh, (laughs) So, we all go through these 12 phases of transition. It can happen instantly, like in the case of a suicide or a homicide, and Mm -hmm. it can happen over days, weeks, months. I've got a gal that Mm -hmm. called into my show for two years, and her dad was in phase 11, 12. took him two years to go through that phase
0: okay okay and and so um uh, they get surrounded by loved ones and, and sort of the and teachers and spirits they start to leave the body and then like what happens at the moment of 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 transition
2: At about phase nine, there are angels that show up on either side of what I call the spirit bubble. The spirit bubble is phase one. So the spirit is already separating from the body and hanging on. It's just only attached to the top of the head of the body. And so around phase nine, there are angels that appear on either side of the um, spirit bubble above the person's head Mm -hmm. and their wings start to move and they create a, an upward draft, like a vortex Mm -hmm. that helps the body separate from the spirit. And when I was seeing this for the first time with my mom, I thought, Oh my God, am I hallucinating? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. What is this real? And when I was researching the book, Sam, I, I Googled it. And I go because it reminds me of a giant owl's wings moving very slowly and silently, um, but you can almost feel the drag on it. And so I googled owl wings vortex, and I got there is such a thing called a wingtip vortex. There are thousands of aeronautical engineering uh-huh. uh, um, drawings online and and articles about it. And every bug, every bird, every plane, every jet, every kite. When, how, well, how they fly is because of the wingtip vortex uh, and so these angels create this. I think it's important to mention also that angels appear to me like they look on the statues because that's how I were raised, I was right. raised mm-hmm. that they look they, somebody in a different culture they may look like a purple ball of energy they right. can they can it's however we interpret right what's an angel look like right because we're interpreting that information through our human mind so that it makes sense.
0: Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So us in the West, we're used to, you know, angels or people with wings and other places right. they could just be like, uh, I've heard angels described as like, uh, energetic eggs, um, like yeah. just these round balls of energies, all kinds of things. Absolutely. Right. And so, um, so the angels are there and they're helping the person to now transition or, or disassociate with their body.
2: They, well, they when their wings move, they create this vortex above the head, and, and there are graphics of all these phases on my website, mm-hmm. com. so anybody right. can go look at them, and they're also described, obviously, in my book. And then uh, they create this vortex, and it reminds me of driving through a car wash. You may not know this. This may not relate to you living in the city, but... Mm. You know, for the rest of us that might be have gone through a car wash where you stay in the car. At the end, they turn on the dryer and it sucks all the water off your car. (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. Ah. And so that vortex helps the spirit evacuate from the body and detach. And then the angels they're on either side of the spirit bubble escort the person to heaven, what we call heaven, non-physical, nirvana, whatever you want to call it.
0: I see. I see. Um, I've heard it said by some people that when um, people experience dementia or Alzheimer's, that that's kind of like the spirit is half in the body and half out of the body. Have you uh, seen that yourself?
2: I work with lots of people who have dementia and Alzheimer's. Usually it's their family members that are asking me to do a medical scan on them and also to, uh, to... get information from them because they can't communicate anymore. And so I can, I can communicate with their loved one telepathically. So I don't, I, that's not been my experience, Sam. If somebody's spirit, if somebody's dying and the spirit bubble is attached to the top of their head, I'm unable to get a medical skin on them because it's like their the power source isn't in the body. It would be uh, the equivalent of trying to look at an X ray in a pitch black room.
0: Right, right, gotcha. So gotcha. that
2: has not been my experience. Okay. My experience is that that people who have dementia and Alzheimer's and, and really take a long time to go that they I've been told many, many times, countless times, that that they've chosen that way to go because it gives their family and their loved ones the opportunity to get used to the idea of them not being around. Uh, so it's a, you hear Alzheimer's say it's a, people say it's a really slow and painful goodbye. Yeah. And yes. so that's what I hear. My, my uh, sister-in-law's dad died after like eight years of being in a, in a home nursing mm-hmm.
3: home, yeah. assisted
2: living in and then, an then Alzheimer's um, unit. And, and when I would communicate with him telepathically, I said, I said, why are you taking so long? And he said, well, I'm giving Phyllis, his wife, the opportunity to get used to living alone. Hmm. He said, she's never lived alone. And so I asked my sister-in-law, is that true? And she said, yeah. Uh-huh. She said, she w- when she got married, she lived at home, and then she's been married to him for 70 years or whatever. Uh-huh. And, then, and so this is the first time in her life in her late 80s, early 90s, that she's ever lived alone. Mm. So she would go to the the facility where he was and mm. spend the day there with him. Mm. So he was helping her get used to the idea of living alone.
0: I see. I see. Yeah. And and for many people, by the time the person does transition, it's it's almost a relief. It's it right. it, it doesn't have that same heaviness necessarily as it does when somebody goes suddenly. And it's like, what they're gone. Whereas it's like, oh, it's like finally they're at peace. We kind of feel
2: exactly. I think it's also important to remember, Sam, that we all decide when we go, where we go, who's with us when we go, and how we go. Mm. So your friend that just died. Yes. That that was all his doing. People say, "Well, I'm I'm waiting for God to come get me." God doesn't care. God's like (laughs) that's free will. Whatever you know, come whenever. And also remember that time. Our linear time in our human you know capacity to understand it doesn't exist in the spirit world so a right. hundred years in our time may not even be a blip right. in eternity
0: right yes exactly exactly um, and you had a number of interesting stories of things that happened with you in the book which I would love for you to maybe to relate one or two of them when we come back from this break okay Julie terrific absolutely so everybody please stay tuned this is the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.nyc, and obviously on Facebook Live. Quick shout-out to some more Facebook Live viewers, George, Michael, Nahaz. Wonderful to see you guys on the Facebook Live. <laughs> so please stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
0: That's the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon, on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Julie Ryan, uh, inventor, entrepreneur, author, psychic and medical intuitive, author of the book Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from Life into, from this life into the next. So, um, uh, Julie, uh, I was wondering if maybe you can pick just one story from your book of uh, something that happened that you think the audience might uh, get something from in terms of transitioning.
2: Sure. There was uh, an elderly man. He was in his 90s, and he was a retired dentist. And he was hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. He was in the hospital in the mm-hmm. ICU, and had, they had taken him off life support. And and he, when I am working with someone, even if they can't communicate with the family, which this man couldn't, mm-hmm. I'll ask the person who's dying, "Are you ready to go? What do you need? <clears throat> you know, are you in pain?" And I think he, he kept telling me he needed his, fam, he need his family to file his quarterly estimated tax returns. <laughs> so, I told his family that and his daughter was the one with whom I was communicating and So finally, after a couple of weeks of this, she said, oh, for God's sakes, you know, that is ridiculous. And I said, what do you have to lose? She said, I don't even know where to look for him. So I'm with her on the phone, Sam. I'm psychically, you know, I'm telepathically communicating with her dad in the ICU at the hospital. And he said, in my desk, in my bedroom, left drawer, left middle drawer or something. And I said to his daughter, just go look and see if they're there. So. She went, and sure enough, she opened the drawer, and Sam, here's the envelope. It's addressed. It's got a postage on it. The check's made out, the whole nine yards. Oh, she drops it in the mailbox on the way back to the hospital, and he died later that day.
0: Wow.
2: So wow. She, it was just <laughs> hilarious, and and it's, I think, just a great story because Most of us don't think we're going to be worried about paying Uncle Sam before we exit. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) That is so funny. That is so funny. You can't make that stuff up. I mean, I
2: know, (laughs) but this guy was uh, supposedly was just, you know, very by the book. Well, of course, he was a dentist. Ah, You know, it was like you do this and this is right and this is wrong, and I need to file my quarterly estimated taxes. And I think a bigger part of the equation too was he had a fairly sizable estate. Mm. And it was going to make it easier for his daughter, who bailed the taxes, Mm. who was his executor. It was going to make it easier Uh, for her in the long run. But we just didn't see it at that time. We
0: hadn't thought of it that way. Right, 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 right. Oh, so interesting. So fascinating. So I have to ask you, because, you know, when I wrote this blog just about death and and sort of the, the present of death is helping us to be more present, that when we faced with our own death when we're faced with our loved ones passing that it helps us to sort of be more present to what's really important to us and i was just recounting like all the people in my life and my wife's life who've transitioned in the last you know year year and a half her bro- her elder brother chang or harrison um, a, a good uh, a father of a very good friend of ours, his name was Shmuley, I really liked him, um, he, he transitioned. Uh, w- within a month after he transitioned, my mom transitioned, mm-hmm. and now our friend Omar transitioned. And so there's just been, an, and and this is like the first, I mean, I've known one person here, one person there. I mean, my dad died a long time ago, but it just seems that in the last year, year and a half, and not just for me, like the the mother of one of the hosts, uh, Noreen, in, on our, our station, her mom just passed this weekend. And the more I talk to people, the more I feel like I'm like everyone is experiencing people in their lives transitioning a lot lately. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious if you have any kind of a sense of, is there a reason why so many people are leaving right now? Or is it just, you know, that's just who we happen to be connected with. But I don't know, for some reason, it seems like there's something going on to me.
2: Well, that's a great question, Sam. It, It seems like right before the holidays, is when we noticed when when seem mm. <clears throat> excuse me seemed to come in clusters yeah. almost. Yeah. Not necessarily in our own orbit, but certainly people that that we know and colleagues like you mentioned, your your colleague that works with you. I think also there there may be this thought just came into my head, so I don't know, but certainly it's a feasible premise that during the holidays it brings people together that maybe wouldn't normally take the time to be together. Right. My sister, my younger sister, died uh, in a couple oh. days before her birthday, and we buried her on our 50th birthday, which was Ooh. awful, which yeah. was the weekend before Thanksgiving. And uh. then we did the whole funeral thing, and then we all came back together at Christmas, and we normally wouldn't have. Uh. So I wonder if sometimes that's our loved one pulling the family together to to – in a way, um, that that's part of the beauty of it. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I've heard the old wives tale my whole life that deaths come in threes. Hmm. You'll hear somebody die and then somebody else dies and you'll say, okay, well I wonder who's going to be next. Yeah. And it seems to kind of go like that. Yeah. I don't know where that originated or where it comes from, but, uh, um, that's kind of, it, it seems maybe during the holiday we, um, we pay attention to it more. When uh, Bush 41 died last year mm-hmm. before Christmas, Barbara Bush had preceded him, I think, right. three months yes. in death. And I was listen, I was reading something or listening to his granddaughter, Jenna Bush, who's on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. She, her, her little daughter, who was five years old, Jenna was crying, and, and her daughter came in and she said, But Mommy, of course, Granddad went. Before Christmas, because he had to help Grammy decorate the Christmas tree,
3: <laughs>
2: and you know how sweet was that. Yeah. And Janet said, "My gosh, you know out of the mouths of babes comes these comforting
0: words." Yeah. So
2: yeah. I I don't know the answer to that question, okay. but right, it's just interesting cute. one to ponder.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So we just have a couple of minutes left to the show, so I I have to be a little bit selfish and say and ask you if you tune in maybe to my mom or. To one of the people to see if there are any messages for me, any insights, anything you you get to share. And if not, it's okay. Tell me your mom's name, Sam. Her name was Rivka.
2: Rivka. Okay. All right. She's standing right next to you to your right. Mm -hmm. Whenever we think of them or we say or we call them in, you know, whoever you want to talk to, their spirit comes in immediately. Do you have a question for her?
0: Um, just if she has any advice or any suggestions, anything she sees me dealing with that she can help me with.
2: She wants you to spend more time in Israel. I know you just got back.
0: Oh God, you know but I've spent so was, much time in Israel. But yeah, that makes sense because she wants me to be with my sister more.
2: Yeah, she wants you to spend more time in Israel. <laughs> She's saying once a quarter if you can swing it. <laughs>
0: You know, be, be, because of her, because, you know, she she died when she was 99 and a half. So the last couple of years, I counted up because I just got back from the unveiling. I've been to Israel like six times in the last two years. Like this is there the most I've been to Israel in like, you know, decades.
2: And she's saying, and you loved it, didn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: It was it was a nice break, though. I have to say, like, my sister's husband really triggered me and my wife this last time. So I'm a no. little pissed at him right now.
2: Yeah. Um, well, people people do wacky things when emotions are involved, especially on the death of a loved one.
0: Yeah. yeah Sometimes
2: absolutely. that happens. Oh, boy. Uh, okay. So, Ripka, anything else you want him to know? She'd like to see you move to Israel, but she just wants you to spend more time there. She's reiterating that again.
0: Tell her I'll consider it when I retire. <laughs> <laughs>
2: said
0: make it soon she, she, she was witty wasn't she <laughs> uh, yeah she was funny she was funny she, 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 she was, she, and, and she was uh, always lively she always had a good word a smile a laugh she loved to laugh uh-huh. uh, people loved to alright well thank you so much Julie I really appreciate it and I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today if people want to find out more about you uh, contact you how, how do they find you
2: AskJulieRyan.com. All right. It's Ask. real simple. Everything's there. You can have access to whatever. AskJulieRyan.com.
0: And, and your book, Angelic Attendance, uh, where can people find it? Is it on Amazon?
2: It's everywhere. It's even uh, in libraries.
0: Oh, wow. Wonderful.
2: So Excellent. It's all over. Pretty much anywhere you get books, certainly Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you know, all those chains, Apple Books, right. Walmart, it's all over the place. And the new book, Angel Messages for Kids will be the same way next week. Next we'll be introducing
0: week. that. All right. All right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Julie. I appreciate it. And uh, definitely, when, whenever you're going to make it to New York City, you have to look me up, okay?
2: I'd be delighted to. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate, appreciate you having me on, and happy holidays to you and everybody listening.
0: Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you, Julie. All righty. All right. And so, for all of you uh, loyal listeners, I just want to let you know next week, since I'm going to be leaving I'm actually going to be running a pre-recorded show it's a new show you haven't heard it yet Um, but I'll be running a pre-recorded show next Thursday so this is the last live show for the year for me Um, but next week um, we're running a show with uh, Whitney Vosberg Turning Gray into Great uh, all about um, building purpose uh, in the later years in life Um, and he was here in studio a while back and so we recorded it so i hope you'll tune in for that next week and then after next week uh, the station's going dark for a couple of weeks so it's our tradition now sort of christmas week new year's week we take vacation close down the business and chill and just recharge i hope you guys do the same um so i appreciate you all for tuning in if you enjoyed the discussion if you liked my quotes of the day Uh, or if you like the interview with Julie, please share the video, share the podcast, let people know about us, don't keep us a secret. And of course, if you want to read my blog, it's at uh, uh, www.talkradio.nyc or at www.theconsciousconsultant.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great Christmas, New Year's, Kwanzaa, Kanaka, whatever you celebrate. And I will talk to you live in 2020. Take care, y'all
4: Hey all you crazy listeners. Looking to
1: boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com.
0: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
4: Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.
1: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.